0: You are now listening to the Shoe Money Show. <laughs> because my name's Shoe Money, Shoe Money. My name's Shoe Money, take a walk in my shoes. I'm rich. My name's Shoe Money, Shoe Money. My name's Shoe Money, take a walk in my shoes. Nobody ever thought that I would do the things I do. But now I'm rich. I'll show you how to get rich too. You wanna get the things that I got and do what I do. Because my name's Shoe Money, take a walk in my shoes
1: the following is a shoe money show exclusive from june 2010
0: welcome to the afcon 2010 conference in denver please welcome the founder of shoe money media group jeremy shoemaker
1: everybody thanks for coming uh my name is jeremy shoemaker i write a blog at shoemoney.com um also have various other companies that I run, and I've been doing affiliate marketing for about seven, going on eight years or so. And um, I've also had a pretty successful radio show on Webmaster Radio for the last four years, like four years or so now. Um, done well over 100 shows, had a lot of guests and stuff like that. And a lot of people have kind of gotten value out of those and, and whatnot. So when we were brainstorming about this keynote with Darren and Brandy about what we could do and how we could kind of like take, kind of the, give the same value that we give to people from the radio show to the actual conference attendees. So we solicited questions and we got a lot of really, really great questions. And then I talked to Darren and Brandy and said, you know, we should get a, a really good expert who's been, you know, started as an affiliate and gone all the way up the ladder. So I thought of my friend Aaron Baker, who's the executive vice president at Atrinsic, which is one of the very few publicly traded affiliate companies. And not only is he high-powered affiliate affiliate executive, is that what you saying? I don't know. Um, But, you know, he started just like everyone here and just like me too, just, you know, basically just getting started too. So um, join me in welcoming Aaron Baker. Thank you. So, and do you want to just talk a little bit about sure.
2: what you do? So, um, in my former life, I was an Army Ranger. I went to West Point, um, had some interesting uh, stuff go on in the military. And uh, when I got out, I kind of stumbled onto this thing called affiliate marketing. And it was early 2003, I think, uh, when I first started. Um, I also at that time I wasn't making a lot of money online. I figured if I can make a hundred dollars, how can I make a thousand? Um, so I spent a lot of time and energy trying to learn how do I make more money online. Um, so I started working for various different companies. My first entrance into mainstream media was with a large radio broadcasting company called Entercom. Um, helped to build their streaming audio and video platforms and start to really learn. At the same time, yeah, Google become very prevalent online. Um, Through that, I became one of the largest search marketing affiliates over the years and specializing in SEM and SEO and social media. Um, And uh, I found myself becoming the vice president of Pepper Jam and Pepper Jam Network at, at one point. Um, we scaled and we built that company. Um, very interesting uh, story there behind that. Then uh, came to the intrinsic to really build out the next internet media conglomerate that really can marry a best-in-class agency with an affiliate network and really help publishers grow um, because there's various challenges within the industry right now that really need to be addressed. And a lot of that is through advanced analytics and a lot of different marketing strategies uh, that I know we're going to talk a little bit about today so uh thank you for having me
1: awesome well you know it's, it's a really interesting time in the world um in the affiliate industry basically because we're really transitioning into and we're actually seeing a lot of government intervention whether it be in the ta- in form of taxes or in guidelines with the ftc stuff or just rules and regulations i mean we've been able to be operate pretty much it's been the wild west for a long long time and now it's slowly slowly becoming more and more regulated. So a lot of these questions that we receive from people were in regards to, a lot of it was just out of fear. I think fear okay. of, you know, like, should I, they hear rumors about things, you know, FTC kicking down doors and all this stuff. So we wanted to address the issue. So one of the first ones we had, well, one of the, the most Probably the, the most the one that was asked the most was uh, directly about the FTC. You know, should you have a disclosure? Um, should you have a disclaimer when you're mailing out an affiliate offer or you mention an affiliate offer on Twitter? You know, and stuff like that. There's guidelines and then there's rules. What's your thoughts on there? Yeah, I think you, you brought up a good point that you know we've been very fortunate for many years
2: where the government hasn't interfered. Um, I think it, it plays into the tax piece as well, is that any time that they can get their hands in stuff and find a way to make money from it, they're going to. Um, so, you know, with we haven't done a great job policing ourselves in the industry, and I think it really became under fire last year with the Asai blogs and the, the um, kind of misleading consumers. So, you know, FTC guidelines, they are they're, they're going to happen, just like Taxes are going to happen. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if you're honest in the way you're promoting a product, um, you do put some type of disclaimer. For instance, on my sites, I'll put, you know, I'll have one separate page about a disclaimer and a privacy policy, and I'll keep that there. I think it, it affects bloggers a little bit more. They're paid to do that stuff when you should put the disclaimer up front. Um, but I think it's, there's, they are guidelines. There, there's no set rules. Um, and everybody's kind of afraid of that, and they're misconstruing a lot of the stuff. So, um, there's still guidelines. I think we should be really honest in the way we promote and not mislead consumers down a path with fake blogs and all that stuff. And it's really time to clean up the industry. And we've done a bad job, so the government's coming in. It is what it is. Um, but I still think it's, it's okay just to have a disclaimer on the site and just try to promote your products and, and your services in the most honest way possible.
1: I think many times um, with our products... And the way we promote them, we found that actually, you know, adding a disclaimer, adding, having a privacy policy, terms of use and all that kinds of stuff actually adds to the legitimacy of it, especially when you have a real address, you know, that people can actually write to you or contact you or even call you and stuff like that. And I think that what you're seeing now is what happened in television and stuff where people started leveraging people's trust, whether people trust blogs, you know, right now people used to trust and and still do trust the news and media outlets. And so you would see, you know, late night info commercials that were structured like it was a news broadcast about this great thing they just discovered. And, you know, there was some disclosure and disclaimers, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's really, Aaron hit it on the head. It was, it's more about misleading the consumer. And because when the FTC comes knocking, I've known people that it's happened to that were totally doing it by the book. But the whole problem was, is they had consumer complaints to like the better business bureau and stuff like that. And they just ignored them. And they were like, well, who cares about the Better Business Bureau? Well, in today's economy, the government's not really doing that hot. And they need to justify their budgets and stuff like that. So they are actively pursuing a lot of these things like the Better Business Bureau, even like Ripoff Report. A lot of these websites where consumers are complaining about being misled, being billed without their knowledge, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So, And when they come, if you're doing stuff or not, you've lost. You're screwed because you don't have the money that it takes to prove that you're right. So, absolutely. You know, the, the, this happened with the
2: ringtone industry. This happened with any of the subscription products that had negative billing options. Um, Google's even cracked down on that now. Any any type of product right now, all the music service subscriptions are under fire right now. Um, all the co-reg models came under fire. You can't even run traffic from Google anymore with it. So your traffic prom, uh, promotional methods with somebody like Google uh, if that's your main source of traffic they're going to fall in line with whatever the FTC is doing as well so they catch wind of something and they immediately change so you know I think the, I think the uh,
1: we just have to get really honest about what we do I think, I think the the best, so just in wrapping this little issue up, I think the best practice is, you know, what the FTC uses as a litmus test is kind of like if an 80-year-old grandmother were to look at it, would she know that it was something for sale or not? Like, is she being misled into thinking, like, this is someone talking about this, you know, like it's, they're endorsing it? Or would she actually know that it, they were being paid to endorse it so i mean me with a blog me with my twitter account i've done them all where i've done paid stuff and some i've disclosed some i don't but you know i i think me as a as a whole i've tried to disclose i am for sale so i mean like everything i do is usually motivated i mean in some ways but you know i mean like on my blog money yeah i mean that's that's what i try to do is make money on the internet so you know like everything i do is motivated in some way for the greater good of making money so Absolutely. Even though, even though sometimes it goes to charity and some other things. So, um, uh, Some of the other questions, we had a lot of, of really good questions, and then we're also going to, um, Darren is keeping track of the ones coming on Twitter, so if you can just use the hashtag of AFCON, uh, if you have an affiliate question you'd like us to address. Um, and we'll also actually poll the audience as well pretty soon. Uh, you know, a lot, of this, a lot of this stuff, again, is coming from, it seems like a big fear, uh, fear on the merchant side and on the on the publisher side so from the from the actual the advertiser side a lot of them there was a couple different people who said they had affiliate programs but people promoted their products in ways they didn't approve of or they were doing all these crazy things to do sales and they and they just wanted to know like what's the best way to get good affiliates to promote in a good way yeah, it's a great question. You know, I
2: think the two, uh, what we tried to achieve with our network and kind of where my thought process went when we said we're going to build a new affiliate network um, with the hundreds of them out there, it's hard to pick and choose what network to work with. Um, so this concept when we built Pepper Jam came up about transparency. So let's understand who our marketing partners are and how they're uh, promoting traffic. I think that goes one step further. and It's really the intent of what the affiliate's going to do. Um, so basically what we looked at, the two issues that are really prevalent for larger and mainstream advertisers right now are brand protection. And then if I'm going to lock down my brand and I'm not going to allow affiliates to play in the gray area or kind of the blackout way, um, how do I prove distribution? How do I actually connect with affiliate partners? So um, you know, for an advertiser looking for the right network, um, I think you need to go above and beyond what you would get with a traditional like CPA or CPL network, and you really need to start looking at uh, companies that really provide high-level service behind this and can actually work. We're working on something um, called Publisher Genome, which is DNA mapping for affiliates. So we could work with an advertiser and say, listen, if we like the certain characteristics of this particular publisher for the way they build their sites, to the way they drive their traffic, to the quality um, of the leads or the Sales coming through, I want to be able to find other affiliates like that. So it's technology we're about to launch because it is a real issue in the industry. And I think what ends up happening is a lot of times the advertisers can't even. Track, And they don't even know the statistics on their own side. They don't even know their own analytics. And they can't figure out what channels are working for them or not. And it becomes this cannibalization issue of affiliates working in the search channel or email or, or display. So it comes down to having advanced technologies to be able to track that. Um, and that's where the industry is kind of moving now. So it's, it's coming. It's moving there. You know, We're kind of leading the charge on it. But it, it has been an issue for a long, long time.
1: So, and that kind of leads to some of the other questions. We had a lot of questions about cloaking and, and masking. There's this big fear that if you show the affiliate company what you're doing, you know, your keywords and all this stuff, that they're going to steal them and they're going to copy Absolutely. what you're doing and, and you're going to be out. So, I mean, do you want to address that? I mean, because I know you, you've been on both ends of that.
2: Absolutely. So, on being an affiliate, um, you're always concerned of somebody. Taking your ideas and especially um, you know I think the affiliate industry in general has gotten kind of a bad rap Um, on the mainstream advertising networks uh, you look at a lot of advertisers will call affiliate skeevy and they really don't see the value in it and it's because a lot of people seek the path of this resistance they're going to go after their trademarks they're going to do all that stuff so cloaking from a perspective of a a larger branded advertiser where they actually do have trademark volume um, is, is really tough for them to justify. And when you're cloaking and you're running through an affiliate network um, like that, a lot of times they can't see, there's no transparency into that traffic and you run the risk of getting kicked out of the network and your commission's withheld and all that great stuff. But I think cloaking really has a legitimate space if you're promoting products on uh, like a CPA network or a CPL network um, because a lot of those networks themselves have actually developed products. And the Cyber was one of the uh, prime things where they did, where they they were going out and a lot of them found uh, what the affiliates were doing traffic-wise, and they went and they built their own product and their own offer. So the affiliate network owned their own offer. Now they had all the data and the back-end intelligence from the actual uh, affiliates, and they start doing that. So I think cloaking is really legitimate for affiliates that are trying to hide their traffic from having it stolen. So I think it comes down to the type of network you're actually working with. If you're working with a higher-brown network that requires a lot of transparency, it's going to be a lot harder to get away with. Um, But if you are really concerned about data, there's ways of doing it
1: and not being totally skeevy. I mean, we... So the, the but the actual affiliate networks, they I mean they they get to see you know all of the keywords that comes in that converts to sales. Mm-hmm. They get to see exactly how you're promoting it if you're using a landing page or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then they know all the things you don't. They know what margins they're taking. They know what they're paying to, you know, or they, what they're getting paid, you know, and what margin they're taking and stuff like that. Yeah. So obviously it would be incredibly advantageous to the affiliate network to create their own products and then just, they know where to buy traffic. They know what product to make and boom. So how, what, at what point, I mean, do, I guess, where, where's the line to where an affiliate network should and shouldn't do? That's that's a good question. I think you can even take
2: it a step further, and you could say most affiliate networks are their own largest affiliates as well. So, and that has been a uh, over the past couple of years. Commission Junction bought Mezu Media. You had LinkShare acquire companies. So, um, it also comes down to are they becoming affiliates themselves to boost margins? Um, distribution is key, and if there's ways of doing it with a network, it's great. Um, but there is a fine line, and uh, I personally think. You know, if if you're working with top publishers like that, um, one of my concerns is potentially signing a confidentiality agreement with the network. And so say, listen, if I'm sending traffic and we're working together and if affiliate marketing is truly partnership marketing, let's well, be transparent, but I want to know that you have my best interest in mind. Prime prime issue that you had with your keywords being stolen and that was from
1: Yeah yeah, you know, the monster themselves. Yeah. So I can't talk a lot about that legal case, but if you searched, you can see we had a legal issue with an employee of Google um, that was settled out of court. I can't really talk about that. But, so, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a huge issue, and I think that everyone – there's always a lot of fear. And what Aaron just brought up is a great point. If you're driving volume and you're doing big numbers, networks will work with you. I mean, big time. You, you become important to a network. They're earning a piece of that sale.
2: Every single time that you drive something through, and if you're really a key partner, I know our key partners, we have confidentiality agreements with them. Um, yeah, we. we and also, work. most
1: most affiliate networks aren't building out products to compete. You know, I mean, most aren't. But mm-hmm. mo- like, most. Most. The Siberi thing was so simple because you can have the pills made overseas and do all this stuff, and so supplements solve. in general is,
2: are, are an issue because it's real easy, just white label products. Right. So a lot of times, you know, if I were to look at a network, I would stay away from those types of products, um, where now network could potentially compete. There's thousands of different opportunities to advertise, whether you want to work with you know, more of the lead generation type stuff, or if you want to work with uh, mainstream advertisers and e-commerce. Uh, there's lots of various things that you could do, and you don't have to be promoting that type of stuff either. So, you know, if, if you look at something that's popular like that, and if the networks are getting in the business, obviously there's, there's something there, but it's also becoming saturated. So I also start to look at and go, where, do you, where else do you go um, and try to find the other low hanging fruit as opposed to just competing in the big rat race so
1: right in- innovation sucks but it's very rewarding <laughs> time to catch some more checks shoe money will be back on
0: webmasterradio.fm because my name's shoe money take a walk in my shoes. <laughs> As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at max speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. VA in all-inclusive marketing means award-winning leadership, excellence and results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement, and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com/slash radio. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click and it's live in real time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point, click, and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point, click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me here's more of the shoe money show Monday's Shoe Money on Webmaster webmasterradio.fm
1: the following is a shoe money show exclusive from june 2010 the affiliate industry i think is you know i i love it i mean i love i mean it changed my life i wouldn't be where i'm at today without the affiliate world and you know it's given me freedom to do great awesome things with my life and um I think we had a lot of questions about just how do I get started? I need a step-by-step. Step. Where's a good place to get a step-by-step walkthrough and all this stuff? I mean, I personally feel all the information is out there. I mean, there's, it's, not, I mean it's just get after it kind of. I mean, it's, it doesn't really cost you anything. To, I mean, I made a lot of money without spending money when i started and i think there's this big myth that you need to buy something or i mean i have products for sale that would teach you how to do affiliate marketing so if you want to buy something i would love to sell you that but i mean <laughs> you can learn it i mean i learned it on my own you know and, and i know you did yeah. as well yeah you know,
2: there's there's multiple ways to get started um i think there is that misconception i talked to somebody before after my last session um and he was really worried about advanced tracking technology and i said well what are you promoting? He goes, well, I'm still trying to figure it out. And I said, you didn't do anything yet. You don't even have a site built, so why are we going into advanced you know, advanced tracking? Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's you have to teach yourself. You have to figure out where you want to play, right? Because a lot of the stuff that's newer requires technical programming skills, so on and so forth. But you know, one of the easiest ways, and I think one of the valuable things, especially to a lot of mainstream advertisers that we represent, content is really a lot of the future of online. Right. I think Google's changing the way SEO has moved forward, um, you know, just randomly blog posting comments and link farms and all that great stuff on the SEO side has become a real issue. One of the things that I focus on a lot of times that we look at um, uh, really uh, high-level affiliates are really niche people that develop sites that produce quality content um, that are driving traffic in a particular vertical. And that's part of our theory behind DNA mapping as we start to look. So if, you're, um, you, know, if you have a fashion blog, right, think of all the advertisers that you could be working. True Religion, you could work with DKNY, you could work with all these great brands and, and promote that in a legitimate way. Advertisers love it. One of the, the hardest thing to get into a network now, especially one of the larger mainstream networks, is a coupon site. Everybody became coupon sites, and it was a quick mask for, uh, you know, trademark hijacking and all those great things. So, really, content sites you can never go wrong with, and it doesn't cost
1: a lot to do because I mean, you can put up a WordPress right. blog I know. and start. I have it's two very, very good friends of mine. Uh, one started a site called I Can Ask Cheeseburger, which is has all the stupid cap photos and captions that you see everywhere. Um, you know, the site's basically sold for it sold for two million bucks, but it's uh, it now it does. Way better revenues Um, But that started on You know WordPress And My other friend Has an MMA MMA MMAjunkie.com Was He was junkie.wordpress.com when it started, another multi million dollar blog, you know, just started. These sites make just completely kill it in the affiliate industry. And it's all like the, you know, Cheeseburger does the whole thing with the pet products and all that stuff. And these were just fun niche sites. And that's the same thing that happened to me too in Ringtones. I just basically fell into a hole of money in, in the affiliate industry yep. because I was so into music and making ringtones and I thought it was really cool to make and share ringtones. So I think like, we had a we had a question about you know just how do I get started and all this stuff, but we also had a question about do I ha- and I loved it when it came in. I'm trying to remember exactly it was, but it was something to the effect of do I have to do really bad things to people to make money on the internet? Yeah, <laughs> right. So, and I Great. thought that was really an interesting way to look at the affiliate industry. Like, really? Like, do people really yeah. look at it like that? But, I mean, like, if you look at some of those sites, I mean, they, they make money just because they, they just love what they're doing and, and all that stuff. And, I don't know, do you want to touch on that a bit? Yeah, you know, it, when, at the end of the day, this is all marketing, right? Find something you're really passionate about,
2: right? And pursue that. So, if you're really passionate about real estate, start a real estate blog. Lots of advertising you can work with. To your point with the guy with the MMA site. If you're an MMA fan, great. Let's put content around that. There's various content writing services. If you don't feel like writing the content yourself, there's various services. Idealaunch.com has a great content writing service, our friend Byron White. Um, But there's other places where you can get content from and start to build that out. And you'll start to build SEO rankings. And that is probably one of the more legitimate ways. You're not spamming people. You can build an audience, One of the key things for advertisers today is really, how do I build an audience? How do I build a a membership base? Um, I know some people, uh, some former friends of ours that are doing kind of the next wave of the, the loyalty type sites, but with a social media twist. All those sites build audiences. So even when you look at the older coupon sites back in the day, they all build an audience. They had a lot of repeat traffic, and it took time to build. So I think it... The the skeevy impression came from a lot of the get rich quick quick type things. Right. You know, I want to be a millionaire overnight. And they, I mean, it started with MLM back in the day. And right. you know, you get the postcard in the mail, and they're like, refer send me a dollar, send these five people a dollar, and you you refer people, and they send you a dollar. You know, it, it's that kind of mentality that I think needs to change. And unfortunately, you're going to find that stuff in every industry. And I think those MLM guys created a lot of that those issues in the beginning. I'm not saying that all of it's bad, but Kind of that pyramid scheme type thing, sure. and everybody get rich quick. And I
1: think I think every time you have something where there's no real hard fast rules, it's kind of a race to the bottom, right? It's Absolutely. A, and affiliates. Um, what is the word Facebook likes to use for affiliates it's they say something like they know how to scale better than anyone which I mean I would I think that 's a nice way of saying like they 'll push boundaries as hard and as fast as possible and if affiliates find um, and i 'm speaking in general terms oppression stereotype the whole industry but but basically like if I find a hole somewhere and I can it 's just a matter of capital I just need to spend more money to make more money I mean that hole is going to be exploited so What do you think in terms of regulation to that kind of stuff? So I'm all for, I mean, I'm an affiliate at heart as well. I'm all for free
2: enterprise and the great entrepreneurs that I've been fortunate, I know you have as well, to meet throughout the years. Uh, It's one of the best industries in the world. It's also one of the best industries where you can scale. Right, you can retire from affiliate marketing. You can uh, really change your life and alter your life in a positive way through this. And best of all, you you can work from home. You could do all those great things. But once again, it, it really takes a lot of work to do it. So
1: yeah. But if you can if you can put in the work and actually build a niche website that people want to bookmark and or even make their starting page. I mean, I know that's an like, audience. Cheeseburger. They have people that just start there every day at that site because they love that site so much. And they have such an audience. People do that with, and I mean, you can literally print money when you can establish and build an audience like that. It's very hard to do. But, and a lot of times when people start it for the reason of who's a jackass with the ringtone on? <laughs> All right,
2: turn your phones off. Thank you. All right. You know, I think one of the issues is when, when you look at the boundaries, it's whose boundaries? Right, is, it usually comes down to the advertisers Do the advertisers allow it? Right? Are they taking advantage of that traffic channel themselves? Right? Would just look at uh, trademark issues Right? so if affiliates are, are bidding on trademarks on Google or direct linking to an advertiser some advertisers allow it, others don't so if you're an advertiser you know, on one end, if you're an advertiser starting off and you don't have um, the capital to really deploy against search engine marketing or display media or whatever um, the first place it goes, performance marketing it's great, I can pay performance, right? But as they start to grow, you usually see those advertisers go, oh, well, you know what? I can buy my trademark. I can get a conversion there cheaper, right? So my costs are lower, so I'm going to do that. And all of a sudden, it's bad for affiliates to do that.
1: Yeah, and and also, you know, there's a fine line between creative and crossing the line. Because I've found some really creative ways to make a lot of money in affiliate marketing, where I thought the advertiser wouldn't be that great, you know, wouldn't be that thrilled about. But in fact, they, I mean, they're in business to make money, right? So they thought they were just out of the box, awesome ideas, and they promptly stole them and put them into their own site. But, you know, yeah. but it was just, you know, to one company, and I think the big takeaway here is that is to have an open line of communication in whatever you're doing, because the problem is that if you're doing it, you're trying to hide it. What's going to happen is they're just going to take money from you, right? I mean, they're just not going to pay you if they don't approve it, and it's clearly against their guidelines. So, and you never know. I mean, like, it's probably, and if it's if you have the go-ahead, or a lot of times you'll get the, if it's not, you know, defined against the thing, a lot of times you'll get maybe not a yes, but, you know, give it a try kind of thing. And see what they want to see, you know, feedback. A lot of times with Facebook... Specifically, Facebook advertising, what we do I mean, I'm always surprised At actually what goes through And what doesn't Because some of the things I think would never make it through do And some of the things I think are a no-brainer to go through Is like hit some stupid stop word That, you know, they have in there So... I mean, just, you know, you want to have an open line of communication and just be open and honest and transparent with, with your affiliate manager and company you're working with.
2: Yeah, and the larger the advertiser, the more transparency they're probably going to require, right? Because a lot, a lot of the really, really large brands have private programs. Sometimes you can't even see them on network. You know, the only way you can get into that is if you are in a particular niche that can provide value for them. Um, you know, a lot of the advertisers are not stupid. There are technologies where they can actually see what kind of traffic you have coming in. They can reverse your IPs and see all of your sites on your, um, on your, on your blocks. They they can reverse engineer a lot of the stuff. So there's only so much you're going to be able to get away with that without being transparent. But I've also seen on the opposite side of that. That there's some advertisers that. They potentially don't have the resources to take advantage of some of the gray area and the opportunities like pushing Facebook or doing stuff on Craigslist or, um, you know, or there's corporate governance against doing it. Potentially it's against the traffic, you know, like doing stuff on Craigslist. It might be against Craigslist's terms and conditions. So the advertiser can't do it themselves. So they're kind of going, eh, well, the affiliates, you know, they they think what they want.
1: That's actually just for me. Is, is, since intrinsic. Uh, You guys are a publicly traded company I mean, what How much more stuff do you have to worry about Than, you know, mom and pop Affiliate network Yeah, uh, quality is really key and one of the issues is,
2: is that we end up being the agency of record sometimes for a lot of uh, these advertisers. So um, it's really a conflict of interest for advertisers to manage their paid search with a search agency and then have a separate affiliate network because there's always a constant battle there, right? Who gets the, the attribution? Um, so we have to be much more compliant. You fall under the SOX compliance rules and all, the, all that fun stuff. Um, so quality is key. And I think one of the things that we try to instill is really uh, that open relationship with a publisher. Try to be more transparent. Um, try to have a higher level of communication, a higher level, a higher touch service, um, and be able to communicate. Uh, the other thing that I think that that comes in there is also how the payments work, right? We have to be very, very transparent because we're audit, we're publicly traded. So the way we handle our payment and revenue recognition and all that stuff. We're we're very very uh, specific around that. Where some of the private privately held networks not to say that you do it, but there's a little less. Uh, they don't have to be as transparent there. Sure. So you know we're we're guaranteed to maintain that, that higher quality. So
1: the last issue that we had um, on our main discussion was jumping into the tax issue, which I know is everyone's favorite subject. Um, but it's something that's been creeping up in our industry for a long time. It's passed, I believe, in California and Denver or in Colorado, um, and it's on the and now you know the representative who was here the other day. Um, is now like we were talking about is a, is a consultant for other states who are like, hey, how do we get a part of this? Well, the scariest thing there is that guy that was here has no clue. He doesn't even understand
2: what affiliate marketing is. That's frightening, and he's consulting with other states
1: now. It, that's that's a real issue. And and the thing the thing that bothers me most about this tax issue is these bills are being passed and people don't know what are. I mean, there's no great like alliance against it. Like there's no big lobby, there's no I've had like affiliate networks come to me and say like you know we need to form a lobby, we need to do this, how do we do this? And I, do you think that it's because of the affiliate industry and I, we even had this conversation last year and that everyone is as an affiliate is used to operating as such a lone wolf that it's just the idea of everyone coming together to lobby against this is just will never happen and we're just going to get stuck with this tax thing or
2: <laughs> well I mean the two things are inevitable are death and taxes right? right it's it's going to come I mean like you said before we we're very fortunate not to have to deal with this until now um, it would be nice to see everybody band together because what's I think what makes me mad about it personally from an affiliate perspective there's kind of like the public trade network perspective and there's kind of me with no filter going, I'm not okay with this. If you're going to treat affiliates as stores, then all right, let's talk about the other form. Why are they picking on affiliates? Let's talk about the other forms. You have Google AdSense on your site, why aren't they going after that? What about sales for that? What about when you have ad tags on your site for display media buys or whatever else? Why aren't they going after that? They're going to attack affiliates.
0: So
1: yeah, yeah. that's the scary thing is really where does this stop? It's the same thing with the casino thing. They basically, you know, stapled that on the back of that thing, the, the process of making software that lets people gamble or however it's worded, then basically shut off that entire industry overnight. And it was always going to come back, and, back. well, here we are years later. Exactly. And that's what's scary. And to your point, saying not giving many
2: ideas, that's also on the opposite side. How many people in this room haven't thought about that either, right? We need to band together. We have to find a way. I um, mean, that's our next, uh, our next issue we attack, but uh, um, we, have to, we have to band together. You don't know where this is going to stop. They basically chased the casino industry right out of the U.S., I mean, right. it's, it's, it's gone. And if the casinos were uh, a little bit more forthright and be able to pay their taxes and they were able to earn money off it, we wouldn't have this issue. So, um, you know, it, as, as an affiliate, what bothers me is that a lot of affiliates are just starting out, right? There's very few super affiliates in the world. And when you're getting to that stage, you're incorporating and, you know, you're, you see you have, you have resources to deploy against, you know, other taxes and stuff like that. It's tough out there. It's really tough as an affiliate to make money. It, and it, traffic prices are going up, advertisers are tightening their belt, the economy's worse. So when you start looking at it today, it's gonna squeeze your margins even more. So. We all know it's kind of coming. We just don't know to what extent. And if we all don't band together and figure something out and keep lobbying and keep pushing, um, it's only going to get worse. I think they go down a deeper path, and it could end up uh, like the casino industry, which we hope doesn't happen. Um, but also goes to the sides, escalation, right? So it's time that we also become more sophisticated as affiliates, understand um, the analytics better. Uh, like I just did the panel on that and understand consumer path to conversion, understanding... Um, really how you can gain more market share with using a lot of tools. We need to get more sophisticated. We need to clean ourselves up. And uh, it's definitely going to be a battle to be fought. But we need to start thinking about this stuff. And it can't just be. And you made the point outside. It's, it's one of those things where, well, you know it doesn't affect me today.
1: Yeah, everyone looks like the whole thing when Colorado was going down in California. Everyone was like, it doesn't affect me. Why do I care? Well, it's coming for you. Eventually, it will come for you. Um, so I think that the bigger thing is that People just see money, right? When you go on the ballot, um, you know, like my mom and dad or my wife even would see this thing on a bill, which is like, oh, more money for our state. Yeah, I want that. You know, it's like this affiliate taxes tax those guys. You know, those crazy guys working from home. And most consumers do not know what affiliate marketing is. Absolutely. So they, it's just they don't understand relevant. what an affiliate link right. is. They're like, oh, it was great when we got the casino approved. And I remember how awesome that was. So you know, so they're just going to go for it. Well, so what we have to do is we have to not only get after the politicians and let them know that we won't be voting for them again and stuff like that, but also educate. Consumers and create sites and even advertising through Facebook, which I know, like, if somebody was to step up and actually form this nonprofit, I mean, companies like Aaron's and all of the major companies I know would contribute to it and believe me and fund it for whatever advertising was needed in the states where this kind of stuff is going down because you need to educate consumers because what's going to happen is these businesses are going to pack up shop and go to states where they're not going to have to pay taxes until basically there's nothing left. And so it's really bad for the state because it's going to eliminate a lot of economic growth in there. It is. And
2: I don't think it's just it resides with the affiliates, right? I think networks need a step forward. Um, and I also think advertisers need a step forward. So advertisers love the paper performance model. Well maybe at some point they're sharing some of the risk or, you know, it, it's a lot of advertisers won't take a risk on uh, display advertising, but they'll do affiliate. So you know there's gonna be a different risk and now their affiliates are going to be at risk. They're not going to step in and help to keep that Channel open, so I think it, the lobby comes from all three sides. It's it's really that network in the centerpiece, but actually having the advertisers, who are much larger entities that can that pay a heck of a lot more in taxes than affiliates would, really start putting the pressure on as well.
1: Yeah, I hear I hear every day about how hard affiliate marketing is. It's hard work, right? And we said it is hard work, but you know what's hard work is when I was freaking stocking cat food at Target. You know that was hard work, <laughs> and so you know I think that in my whole point of that little thing is that right now there is such an opportunity in the affiliate space, like 10 years from now, we'll be talking about, remember how easy that was to do? You know, like there was, there's no rules. Remember when you didn't have to get a license to do affiliate marketing? Remember when you didn't have to pay like a crazy amount of tax? And I mean, the margins we operate now are like no other industry in the world. You know, the affiliate, an affiliate normally operates on a huge margin of profit. I mean, a huge margin of profit. So Especially if, you know, they're not, well, I mean, they just operate on a huge margin of profit, you know, whether they're paying for traffic or or not. So, all right, well, thanks, everybody.